Welcome to Input GR, a podcast by Dunamis Media. Hey folks, Bruce with Dunamis Media and welcome to Input GR, where we ask for your input so we can have a better outcome. And with me today is Dr. Andy Annis. He is a dentist at Kent Family Dental here in the Grand Rapids area. And uh, we're going to find out some uh, great information about dentistry. Uh, but before we do that, uh, we, I'd like to do a shout out for um, a Grand Rapids business, and that is Gentle Response. Gentle Response uh, does de-escalation. And if you don't know what de-escalation is, that is a uh, method where the, they, uh, if you have a difficult situation in your church where there's someone who's obstinate, uh, whether it's your business or an organization, and you're trying to deal with that person, uh, this person, John Riley, good friend of mine, he teaches you how to actually deal with that person. And he travels all over the country. He does seminars. He does actual, um, it's actual scenarios. And he really is very, very helpful with that. If you would like to contact him, you can contact him at gentle-response.com. That's gentle-response.com. And that's John Riley. And if you mention this podcast, mention the promo code INPUTGR, and uh, you will get 10% off your next next um, meeting. Anyway, with me is Dr. Annis. Welcome. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks so much for having me. Great. And tell us a little bit about your story and if you could just tell us how you got into dentistry sure well um i was uh when i was in high school i had thoughts of becoming an engineer and then we had the uh kind of post 9 11 recession uh hit and um i thought that maybe i'd want to go for something that was a little bit more uh economy insulated i wouldn't say that we're economy proof but uh and i also love working with people which uh this profession gives me a little bit more opportunity to do um, and that's kind of when I decided that that's the path I wanted to go down. And I have to tell you, I'm just so happy that I did because I love my job every day. Do you? Yeah. That's great. I can tell because uh, you've done work on my teeth more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> but, too much. Uh, <laughs> but the fact is, uh, you've always been good. You've always been very helpful. And the thing I like is that you communicate with your patients. And I really mean that. Um, you, you come out, you give us options. Uh, you treat us, you know, I, I really think, and I'm, I'm not being disingenuous here, but the fact that you have Kent Family Dental really says you treat, treat us like family. Yeah, well, thank you, Bruce. It's, uh, you know, it's a big part of our philosophy. Um, we recently transitioned. Uh, we had a couple of senior doctors retire who I was fortunate enough to work with for uh, about four or five years, Dr. Wilton, Dr. Stachel, and they really built, built an amazing practice. Um, and that was always their philosophy is that it is a family place and it's a place where, um, you know, our patients are more than just numbers to us. They're, they're people that we care about. Um, and, you know, having that quality time with the doctor and really taking the, the opportunity to sit down and have that discussion with our patients, um, you know, and it really only sometimes is maybe five minutes, um, but that's five minutes that you might not get somewhere else. Sure. And it's an opportunity to answer a lot of questions and people do appreciate it. Sure. And I mean, in the early days, I don't know how long it was. I, I want to say we've been there for 20, 25 years, but Dr. Wilt was just one of the sweetest men you'll ever meet. Oh, absolutely. He just was just a super, yeah. super guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was just, uh, he was just one of those guys. He just treated you very, very kindly. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, so I appreciate that. So uh, here's a fundamental question, probably basic, but why is it important to take care of your teeth? That's That is a great question. Um, 
you know, so recently we've made a lot of discoveries in the medical and dental field, um, just kind of showing how the oral cavity is connected to the rest of our body. Uh, and we've shown uh, numerous medical studies showing that the health of your body uh, dictates risk factors for other diseases, uh, whether that be kidney and liver failure, heart disease, just a host of things that you might not realize on the surface that are connected to your oral health. Um, you know, we have a lot of blood that gets pumped through our gums on a daily basis and just some of the chemicals that can be produced, we call them inflammatory mediators, uh, and your body produces those when your tissues are unhappy. Uh, so if you have unhappy gums right there, you're producing chemicals that can travel throughout the rest of your body and irritate other tissues. Uh, so pretty interesting. So, so your gums, you're just talking about your gums. I know, I mean, I guess in recent years they tell you to brush, kind of brush your gums, right? Yeah. In a sense. So is that to make them just healthier because they're not getting, they're getting loose? Well, yeah, we like to focus uh, some of our attention on that interface where the tooth and the gum meet. Uh, And the reason is that's the area where a lot of plaque and bacteria hang out. And also that plaque and bacteria sitting right next to and on the gums causes irritation. And that's kind of the start of the whole sequence of gum disease. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's a little bit of a snowball if it gets away from us. We like to, you know, we talk about it teeth cleaning, you go in for a teeth cleaning or you brush your teeth and yes, you're cleaning your teeth, but a big part of that is also gum care. Actually, when you go for a cleaning, it's not always to stop you from getting cavities. It's to stop you from getting gum disease. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause I remember, um, it seems like in recent years also, you, you, you look on your, our tongue, you, you mm-hmm. kind of move it over from side to side. What yeah. are you looking for? Uh, that's part of an oral cancer exam. Uh, so we're looking for anything that might be a little bit abnormal. And, uh, there are certainly many, uh, ab- what we call abnormalities that can be non-cancerous as well. Um, but we, we like to be very careful, uh, if we find any evidence that there's something we should investigate further. And that might mean sending you to an oral surgeon for a biopsy okay. uh, or just an evaluation. Um, but oral cancer can be very aggressive. So we like to catch it early. Fortunately, it is also fairly rare, um, but uh, we do check. So, for what it. do you look for? Do you look for bumps, things like that? We look for bumps, discolorations, ulcerations where you've got an open sore, um, irregular patterns to the tissue. Um, there are a variety of things that we look for when we do that. Okay. Yeah. I ask sometimes when I have these podcasts, I'll ask people, what would you ask this person? Sure. And one of them was, what are some things uh, that are bad for your teeth that we normally wouldn't think about? Sure. That's a great question. Um, People often don't think about uh, foods that are supposedly healthy, and they are in many ways, Um, but uh, fruit juices, dried fruit, lots of sugar in those, and a lot of acid, especially in the case of the juices. Um, Other things that can be harmful for the the teeth are um, things that would be hard for you to chew. So, you know, you know, a lot of people, uh, healthier snack, they'll eat some, maybe some mixed nuts or something like okay. that. Um, but you have to be a little bit careful, especially if you've got some larger fillings in your mouth. Uh, you don't want to bite down on a nice crunchy almond and right. a piece of your tooth break That's off. A good so, point. Yeah. I like almonds. <laughs> so, okay. So on the flip side of that, what are the things that are good for your teeth? Things what that are good foods? for your teeth. Um, Things that are good for your teeth, uh, sometimes some of the milk proteins can be helpful for that. Um, and uh, there aren't a ton of foods that will actually rebuild the teeth. It's We're just okay. mostly focused on things that okay. uh, aren't going to break them down further. Always eat your greens. Always yeah. eat those things, yep. right? Yeah. That's, that's a given, right? So um, 
you know, you see on the market, there's a lot of rinses, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of things like that. What kind of, do you recommend any rinses for your, for your mouth? Yeah. Um, the one that I use at home and that I recommend to most of my patients is a fluoride rinse, okay. uh, alcohol free. Uh, I like the Crest Pro Health that comes in the big purple bottle. Okay. And uh, the for, we'll just for a, Crest. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they don't pay me to say that. But, uh, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, for a couple of reasons, the fluoride helps to strengthen areas where cavities have started. Fluoride's not just for kids. That's kind of a common misconception. Um, and then it just uh, it does help uh, not only to kind of reduce the uh, bacterial load a little bit, but just kind of freshen the breath. Um, so nightly routine that I always recommend to my patients, floss first, then okay. brush. And then uh, if you want to add that fluoride mouth rinse afterwards, uh, and it just allows it to get into all those little crevices that we've already cleaned and then start to let the fluoride do its work. Sure. And that brings me to flossing. Um, I know flossing, I mean, I've been doing it for a lot of years now, but uh, I know there's a certain way you should floss. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes, especially when I go to your office, I'll scrape the one side of the tooth real well and scrape it back down. Yeah. I mean... Sometimes I'm in a hurry and you just, you know, go in and out. But right. so is, is there, there's a right way to floss, right? There is. Yeah. And, uh, a great, uh, saying that I heard once is that, uh, when it comes to the floss, if you're not bending, you're just pretending. So, um, <laughs> so you're just going up and down. That's not going to do Right. It. So w- what you want to think about when you're flossing is that, uh, there's a whole side of that tooth in there and it's kind of a round in profile. So when you get that floss in between there, uh, you really want to floss each space twice. You want to go down, pull the floss forward. So it's cleaning off the backside of one tooth, pull it back up, go back in, then push it back and then pull up again. And you're cleaning the surfaces of both of the teeth that are touching together there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Is it kind of like doing a, not a, kind of like a circle or circle back or are you just going back down is that what you said yeah so you you'd go in and uh so the first one you'd go in and then kind of pull the ends of the floss forward so yeah. it's starting to wrap around right, the back side right. of one tooth then pull it out gotcha. go back in and then you're going to push back, push back. and it's going to wrap around sense. the next one yeah that makes total sense mm-hmm. so and flossing obviously is important because you get that stuff it's so important um you know there was a big controversy a couple of years ago i don't know if you heard about it but uh uh, Center for Disease Control and Prevention said they release an annual report and they took the recommendation for flossing out of that. Uh, and it was just a big clamor in the dental community because all of a sudden we had these people saying, oh, flossing is not important anymore. It doesn't make any difference. And uh, any dentist will tell you that they see enough patients on a daily basis mm-hmm. to know the difference between flossing and not. And it makes oh, a bet. huge difference. I bet. Um, so, and, you know, really what's our you know, it's not like we have some kind of, you know, conspiracy to get people to floss, right. you know, would right. we get a kickback from the floss company right. or something? <laughs> right. You just care about people's so, teeth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, you have like, you, you go to a store and you get a toothbrush mm-hmm. and you have soft, medium. Yeah. What do you get? The soft one, always. Soft one, always. Yep. Uh, and the reason for that is we talked a little about, bit about brushing as it relates to the gum tissue. Mm-hmm. And if you go for the medium or hard bristles, it can actually be so rough on your gum tissue that it can okay. cause gum recession. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. So a little too hard on your gums. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So, and they, they sell the... You'd think they'd sell only one toothbrush, but... Yeah. Yeah. They should call the medium and, and hard ones toilet scrubbers, I think. That <laughs> really would be great. Put or, them in a different section of the store. Yeah. Or, or grill brushes. Or yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. So how about teeth whitening? Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, and is it is charcoal? Does that whiten your teeth? So that's been a big trend lately is the uh, activated charcoal. And... Um, 
you know, you may have seen on social media, you'll have that friend that'll be maybe selling some charcoal whitening products. And it's interesting if you ever look closely, and you might notice because you're kind of into video and, sure. and photo. Uh, I've but, seen uh, those. You see the pictures, and the first thing that I always notice, uh, other than the difference between the shade of the teeth, is the lighting in those photos. Okay. And you'll see that um, they've got a huge difference in the way those photos are lighted and maybe even some kind of Photoshop editing going okay. on after the fact. So if you look at the light balance, in those photos, you'll see the shot where the tooth looks whiter. You look at the skin tones and everything around it, you'll see everything looks lighter. Right. So it's pretty deceiving. Um, and it's actually interesting. Uh, I won't name any company names here, but we had a rep in from one of the big toothpaste companies that you would recognize uh, to our office recently. And he was telling us that they've done the research on the activated charcoal. doesn't really do anything in terms okay. of whitening other than maybe the abrasive factor taking a little bit of surface stain off, which okay. a regular toothpaste will as well. Um, but, uh, he said, yeah, it doesn't really do anything. Uh, we've done the research. It doesn't do anything. And then he said, but we're going to make a charcoal toothpaste because that's what the market wants. Um, oh uh, and, uh, and to their credit, um, giving people kind of what they want, uh, but in a package that still has what's really important, which again is that fluoride mm -hmm. and a little bit of abrasive action to clean and polish the teeth. We don't want to go overboard with right. that. But, uh, um, yeah, so if you are going to look into the charcoal toothpastes, um, you know, number one, I would say maybe not as, as helpful as people claim, right. but if you still want to do it, look for one that still has those critical factors right. in it being the, the fluoride. Yeah. Right. Now you put a new crown on the front of my, I've had, the, I've had this front crown for since, well, a couple of years now, maybe yeah, a couple of years, yeah. I think, but I had one before that was like, I don't know, maybe a year I had one before. That was, I got it in seventh grade and okay. knocked it, chipped my oh, teeth right Oh, that's right. right. I remember, yeah. So the thing is, is um, a crown, you really can't whiten, can you? Correct. You, yeah. you can only whiten your teeth, but exactly. if I whiten everything around, my crown's going to be the color of my teeth, what you matched it up with, right? Right, right. Yeah. yeah. So that's what you kind of have to be careful with, with uh, tooth bleaching, whitening, is that uh, if you have existing restorations especially ones that are up in what we call the anterior teeth the front that's very mm -hmm. visible uh, and you decide to do some bleaching there's a chance that your restoration won't match now if that's just a little filling a lot of times we can go back and redo that after right. the bleaching sure. uh, but in the case where you've got something a little more uh, costly like a crown and we might have to go back and replace that crown and at that point it's an aesthetic procedure and your insurance may not cover it okay now you're you're uh the, the the whitening that I remember that you had was a, is a kit that you take home. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we do the um, prescription whitening uh, with a gel, carbamide peroxide gel, okay. which is pretty standard, mm -hmm. uh, and it works great. It's very very effective, and we use uh, some custom fitted trays that basically allow you to use a, a small amount of that gel. Uh, because it's expensive, but that really spreads it out right over the tooth surfaces, keeps it in an intimate contact with the teeth and do the whitening. Um, but uh, what I tell a lot of my patients who first come to me and inquire about whitening, uh, which is a terrible, terrible sales pitch on my part, but I tell them, you know what, go ahead and maybe try the Crest White Strips too. Try those first because um, I actually have had a lot of patients that have very good results with those Crest White Strips. Really? Um, and the reason I tell them that, um, you know, in the world of dentistry, uh, tooth whitening can be a, a nice little uh, practice booster for us. Um, but I would rather have my patients spend $50 on a kit of Crest White Strips and see if they like them and maybe get the results they want right off the bat. Sure. And then they've got some money left over in case they have something that's more critical to their dental health, like needing a filling or a crown. So, But you were saying also 
most whitening is not covered under insurance, correct? Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a cosmetic, cosmetic procedure, procedure, and almost no insurance will cover it. Oh, yeah. yeah, I yeah. didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, so what's new in dentistry? Implants? Yeah. So well, yeah, implants are. You know, they're so new, they're changing all the time. It's still kind of a, um, you know, we've had them for 25 years uh, in in the form that they're in now, which is what we call an endosseous implant, means inside the bone. Um, but they're making leaps and strides all the time. And the biggest thing that we have, one of the biggest things we have right now in dentistry, um, so implants are traditionally titanium because titanium is well accepted by the body it doesn't cause a rejection reaction okay uh, and it can what we call integrate with the bone the bone will grow around it and kind of lock that implant okay. in uh, but the big thing right now in dentistry is actually called bioactivity um, so that's actually an interface between your body and that foreign object that actually creates an interplay that is constantly you know Updating and so that bioactivity is actually even more advantageous to the health of whatever that is whether it's an implant or we have uh, Root canal sealer cements that are bioactive now okay. uh, So we used to talk about biocompatibility and in many ways we still do but now we're talking about bioactivities taking mm. it a step further Wow. Yeah. Wow. It, it was kind of interesting because as you were talking I was thinking about how intricate dental like you put this you're working on my crown and you spent so much time on that thing and you were like an artist and an engineer <laughs> at the same time you made sure that thing was absolutely perfect and once you put that thing in it's like wow this feels like my, my normal tooth well, you great know? It, was, it was great so yeah. i appreciate your attention to detail of course you know when it comes to dental work um you a lot of times you you get out what you put in and mm -hmm. that's why it's so important to do we call that a preparation sure uh and those those small details um if you have error in an early step it's going to multiply by a later step and sure. that's why we have to be so precise sure my wife i was, I was again i was asking her uh, what what would uh, she ask you mm -hmm. and one of the things she she asked that um she was, uh, why do we have to have a medical history? Why sure. do we have to tell that to you? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we like to have a medical history for our patients, number one, because we're going to be administering some uh, local anesthetics, usually during our dental procedures, uh, if they require numbing. Um, some of those dental anesthetics can have an interaction with the medications that you're taking, especially a lot of the dental anesthetics have epinephrine in them, which is what we commonly call adrenaline. Okay. Uh, the reason we put it in there is it kind of causes your blood vessels to constrict and holds that local anesthetic right in the area that we put it uh, so that it basically keeps you numb longer. Okay. But if you have maybe a heart condition or you're on a medication that amplifies the effect of that epinephrine, that can cause an interaction that would be very bad. Obviously, we don't want to have someone to have a cardiac event. Uh, other reasons that we would ask, there are medications, let's say if we needed to extract a tooth and someone is taking bisphosphonates for uh, osteoporosis, um, we can have a big healing problem after okay. that uh, tooth is extracted. Um, uh, bleeding problems. You know, if someone's sure. on a blood thinner and we extract a tooth, we can have a situation where it's difficult. They high to high blood bleeding. pressure would, could be an issue too, right? Absolutely. My, my mother-in-law had high blood pressure and mm -hmm. she uh, they, they had to bring that down before she had a, uh, some dental work, yep. I remember. Yeah, we like to make sure that those blood pressure blood pressures are under control before we uh, do any dental work because uh, we don't want, again, someone to have an event while we're in. Vichy. That makes total sense. Yeah. Um, there was okay. Your, your profession it continues it continues to grow. Do you still see young people coming into your profession? Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I know my the, niece. My niece is now becoming a dentist. She's, oh, she's been well into wonderful. School. She's been, I think, six, seven years now. So okay. But, so um, yeah, we you know we've got a, a pretty nice supply of uh, new dentists coming uh, to us. But I think the challenge is um, enticing them to work in the areas where the need is the oh, highest. Okay. Um, so uh, believe it or not, um, West Michigan, Grand Rapids area. Um, even even Metro Grand Rapids can struggle to find dentists uh, because uh, you know most dental schools are in a large city and that's what a lot of the students kind of want to uh, go back to after they graduate. So even to go to a city like Grand Rapids might be considered kind of a, a small place to some of those people. Sure. And then you talk about going to a rural area like uh, my wife works at a, a family health care facility in Grant, which mm-hmm. is up north oh, of yeah. the ways. Oh, yeah. And um, she's a dentist there and uh, very difficult for them to get providers to come there. Okay. Uh, and you're not really even that far from the city. No. Um, but for some reason, uh, yeah, just difficult to get people to come there. Um, you know, I love the outdoors, so sure. I don't mind those places at all. Right. But, uh, but it can be difficult. So it's just um, trying to get, encourage those dentists to go to those areas. Sure. Yeah. And you hear some going out in the mission field, you know, and doing, mm-hmm. uh, that's that's uh, admirable as well. Yeah. It's, you know, you know we, um, we see a lot of patients who just don't have the dental education in some of those rural areas, even mm-hmm. the knowledge that it's possible to keep your teeth for your entire life yeah. uh, and the importance of brushing and flossing. Um, you know, you'd be amazed at how how close the areas are where people will consider it normal to have full dentures by the time they're in their 30s and 40s. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So big gap in the way we're, right. the way, you know, people are educated in that way. Here's a question I have for you, and this is something that um, people, what would you tell someone who's, who's afraid or embarrassed to come to the dentist? They're, yeah. they're just, they're, they, you know, they have a problem with their teeth, they've, they've had this issue, and they just, they're just, they have, they're full of fear. Mm-hmm. What would you tell that person? Yeah, well, I would say, um, and I'll speak in specifics about our office because that's really all I can give you a concrete example of. But when you come to our office, um, all of us, you know, we see a variety of problems every day. I always tell people, you come in with something, I can almost guarantee I've seen something much worse. Sure. And we're so used to seeing it. Someone comes in with a problem, and to us, that's we don't think less of that person. Um, it's not an embarrassment. They're there because they need our help and we're happy to do it. And we're so happy that they've come to us so that we can give them that care. Um, you know, if, uh, if someone is, uh, afraid of the dentist just because they have a fear, um, a lot of times people, especially if they had a childhood bad experience, they'll have a fear of the dentist. That's very difficult to get over. Um, one of the nice things, uh, about coming to Kent family dental is you come in as a new patient, uh, and we're going to do a new patient exam for you. And there's not any treatment usually on that mm-hmm. first day, um, which can be a good thing because it gives you that opportunity to get to know your doctor, get to know the staff and just become right. comfortable with that surrounding, uh, before we jump into doing some dental work. Um, and it just really going back to what we talked to about before, uh, having an opportunity to have some quality time with the doctor and talk about a treatment plan, make sure that you're comfortable and you understand the 
way we want to proceed and that we can reach an agreement because this isn't just us telling you what needs to happen. We want to have a conversation with you. Um, so just a way to kind of create that comforting space before we actually go into doing some dental work. And do you feel that that kind of sets you apart from other, other dentists? I, I, I believe that it does. Yeah. Um, you know, again, just taking that time to really get to know our patients and, uh, give them an opportunity uh, to just slow down for a second and say, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about a lot of information today and I want you to know, is there any questions sure. you have for me? And I'll even tell a lot of our patients, you know, we talked about a lot today and you mm-hmm. might still be processing it. So when you go home, if you have any questions, give us a call. I'm always happy to get our, our new patients in for a short consultation just to right. kind of review what we talked about and answer any new questions. And we don't charge for that. That's great. Yeah. That's, and I, and I, I look right, right on your sign. It says "New Patients Welcome," mm-hmm. so it's awesome. So, yeah. and um, the one thing that um, your your website is what KentFamilyDental.com, dot com is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. KentFamilyDental.com, dot com. If if anybody uh, would like to reach out to them, you want to be a new patient, uh, definitely get a hold of them. So, uh, hey, I think that is all I really have to ask of you. Um, there was one more question I do have though. Sure. Um, what would you say about the people who, um, there, there's these dentists that make these great claims and say, we'll have all your work done in one day or whatever. Mm, there's certain, mm-hmm. what do you say about them? Are they, are they legit? Are they? Yeah. Um, you know, I can't speak in broad strokes about absolutely everyone with certainty, but, um, I will say this, you know, in dentistry, anytime you, are tending towards an extreme that's an area you want to be very cautious of okay um, you know the traditional route of delivering care is that it takes time to do things correctly kind of like how we were talking about doing your crown preparation right paying careful attention to the details you've been a, a regular patient of mm-hmm. ours for many years mm-hmm. so um, you know you occasionally need some work on a tooth here yep. and there yep. but if we've got a new patient who's coming in and has a lot of needs I mean can you imagine how long it would have taken us to do eight or ten teeth like that with that kind right. of attention to detail there's no way we would have been no. able to get that done so quickly right. um, so uh, you just want to kind of pay attention to uh, how thorough your dental sure. team is being when you go to an office. It's a process. I mean, it's mm-hmm. one tooth at a time, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes we can kind of bundle things together and work in one area of the mouth and get more than one tooth done. But, um, yeah, those principles still apply. You have to have that attention to detail on every tooth. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's great, great information. Um, one thing I did forget to mention in the, the beginning of the podcast is at the end of every podcast, I ask a, uh, I pose a trivia question sure. about Michigan. You know, I saw that you do that, and I've, okay. I've been wondering if I was going to get the trivia <laughs> well, question. Well, you're getting it. Hoping that I know the answer. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this city founded by was founded by Father Jacques Marquette in 1668. It's the third oldest remaining settlement in the United States. And I'll give you multiple choice. Was it A, St. Ignace, B, Sault Ste. Marie, or was it C, Marquette? Mm, that's a great question. I'm going to say St. Ignace. Nope. No. Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Okay. Marie where the Sioux locks are. You know, I should know that because I was just up in the Sioux <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. That was part of that trip we went on oh, with uh, the oh, kids from our church. Yeah. Did you go to Sioux locks? Do you see them? Yeah, there? we take them every year. We go through there and uh, we do the Sioux locks with them so they get to roll in on their bikes and check out the locks. And, and they have the Maritime uh, Museum there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Did you go to that? Yes, yeah. When in, well, I should say the little museum that's right next to the locks there, um, but not maybe not the actual maritime museum. Sure. Yeah. We got to go up there. It's been so 
many years since I've been up there. Yeah, it's a fun Honestly. little town. Yeah, it yeah. it's. I mean, the UP is like trees everywhere, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah. uh, it's it's a neat place to visit. But uh, yeah, the the uh, going to the uh, um, the shipwreck museum at Whitefish Point. Uh, to Quamanon Falls, it's oh, just yeah. uh, it's a kind of its own world up there, yeah, uh, in is. a very pleasant way. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, Doctor Ennis, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been very informative. Oh, it's my pleasure. Anything you want to ask a dentist, man? I tell you what, I learned a lot. And uh, thank you all for joining us out there. And remember, keep listening, keep learning, and keep growing. I'm Bruce with Input GR. You have a blessed day.